The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Brought to you by Bank of America Merrill Lynch. Seeing what others have seen, but uncovering what others may not. Global research that helps you harness disruption. Voted top global research firm five years running. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith, Incorporated. Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. We had two big media deals this week. Well, one big media deal and one big rejection of a media deal. Fox agreed to acquire the 61% of Sky it didn't already own for about $14 billion. This was something where the timing may have caught some people off guard, but the general idea of Fox buying the remainder of Sky didn't really surprise many people. I know it's been on my radar as our tech, media, and telecom M&A reporter pretty much all year. Uh, and on the other hand, a deal that's not happening. Sherry Redstone, who uh, is sort of the de facto controlling leader of National Amusements, which controls the voting shares of both CBS and Viacom, decided she didn't want to merge those two companies after all. This one, I think, did catch a lot of people by surprise, particularly when seen in light of AT&T's acquisition of Time Warner earlier this year. I think the general consensus was CBS would buy Viacom because its options were perhaps limited after that deal, although our guest for this episode had been hearing for some time that CBS wasn't sold on the idea. That man is Lucas Shaw, Bloomberg's entertainment reporter, and he joins us from Los Angeles. Lucas, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, all right, so let's start with Sky, and then we can get to the CBS Viacom non-deal. Um, so for our American audience, what is Sky? Sky is the largest pay TV operator company in Europe. It provides TV services and internet for customers in the UK and Italy and Germany. Uh, and it also operates a bunch of entertainment news and sports TV channels. So, for example, if you live in the UK and you're a big fan of soccer, as most people there are, to watch the English Premier League, you do so on via Sky. Similar to how you would watch Sunday Ticket for DirecTV exactly. in this country? Okay. Yeah. And, and so why does Fox want to buy the part of Sky that it doesn't already own? As best as I can tell, it's it's as simple as the company the, and the Murdochs in particular really like control. Um, you know, as as you said, they they already own a large chunk of Sky. For those paying attention, it seems like Fox has exerted a tremendous amount of influence over the com over the company uh, in recent years. It's actually a company that Rupert Murdoch helped create three decades ago, uh, and I think Fox want has seized this this asset as something that's very appealing, something that with its uh, if it owns fully, it can really invest in and help grow more. Um, in, in Europe, and then also find a way to combine some of the strength that Fox has in the U.S. with its TV studio and its networks uh, with this distribution outlet in Europe, especially as the focus becomes trying to, to distribute video over the Internet uh, and territorial boundaries become less significant. Sky is a big distributor. Fox is a big producer. You put those together, and the logic is not that dissimilar from the AT&T Time Warner deal you mentioned. Do you think that this deal is sort of a reaction to that deal? 
I think it, that the AT&T Time Warner deal expedited the timeline for this. The Murdochs have been signaling for a while that they wanted to buy the rest of Sky. They, in fact, tried to do so six years ago and only got uh, it, it all got screwed up by the phone hacking scandal that people may remember with right, the news of the world scandal. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, the AT&T Time Warner deal sped this up, but it was always going to happen. Is So where so where are things now? Because I'm uh, for people that maybe have sort of been following this. Uh, passively, uh, the, the wording around this is a little different than some of the U.S. deals. There's sort of a, a temporary agreement here with, with a price, but it appears as though this isn't quite a done deal yet. Like the Sky Board has accepted Fox's offer, but the shareholders haven't. But the shareholders haven't, right? Yeah, there's. You still have. You still need the formal deal to clear the between the two companies and then you're going to have the regulators who have to look at it and there was a, a great deal of concern about regulatory scrutiny the last time uh, fox which was then called news corp attempted it everybody involved says that they're a little less concerned about it this time in part because uh, fox has has spun off its newspapers and one of the problems last time was concern about how much of, kind of news was coming from one company in the uk um but we, we seem to ha- still have several steps to, to go before this is a done deal. I can tell you that uh, there is certainly some speculation around this that Fox may even have to up its offer for Sky in order to get this deal done. So that may be sort of where we're headed here. Uh, maybe Fox sweetens the offer and then they're able to get the requisite amount of shareholders. That's still to be determined. Right now the offer price is uh, 10.75 pence. Uh, or that's the sort of the equivalent of about $14 billion. I want to move to CBS Viacom, but first, a quick word from our sponsor. Brought to you by Bank of America Merrill Lynch. Seeing what others have seen, but uncovering what others may not. Global research that helps you harness disruption. Voted top global research firm five years running. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith, Incorporated. Okay, so the other big news this week in the in the media world was that CBS and Viacom uh, are not merging, at least for the time being. Uh, Lucas, why did Sherry Redstone pull the plug on this? You know, I, when it came down to it, I think she decided she didn't need to have another big fight with one of her CEOs. So if, if anybody's been paying attention, Sherry Redstone is the daughter of Sumner Redstone, who's the controlling shareholder in both Viacom and CBS. And Sherry had this battle with Philippe Dumont, who is the CEO of Viacom, for control of that company. The Redstones thought that Philippe was doing a really bad job running it. And this Sherry and Sumner tried to oust him from a family trust, from the board, which led to a bunch of lawsuits and just months of fighting, which and Sherry and, and her father ultimately prevailed. In the case of this merger, you know, she likes Les Moonves, thinks he's done a very good job running CBS and wanted him to run the combined company. And I don't think wanted to, you know, was was trying to persuade him, but didn't necessarily want to have to drag him through the mud as she did with, with Philippe to get this done. As more time went on, it became clear to her that she and Les were struggling to come to terms. There were some issues over how much control Les was going to have over the combined company. There were some issues over price because Les only wanted to do this deal if he was going to get it at a, at a good price. Uh, and it seemed that as more time went on, 
that Sherry got comfortable with this idea of Viacom as a standalone entity, at least for the time being, to try and restore some value there. So this is a pretty weird deal. I mean, in, in, in years of covering deals like uh, in all sorts of different varieties, I'm not sure I'd ever encountered one like this where a controlling shareholder of both companies who theoretically can just do whatever together. she wants. I mean, in, in other words, yeah, she can put them together because she gets to control the votes. Publicly said, "We, I want to do this. And then I guess because either she was swayed by Viacom's presentations or she really got a lot of pushback from Les Moonves and didn't want to rock the boat with a CEO that has done a fantastic job. Uh, the the person, the boss, the per, the decision maker who wanted to do this, actually changed her mind. W was this a surprise to you? The way it came about was a surprise. We we had been hearing for several weeks that the chances of a deal were getting worse and worse. Um, that the two sides weren't really seeing eye to eye. There didn't CBS didn't see a compelling reason to do it. Viacom increasingly acted as though it wasn't going to happen. Um, but I didn't, I, I didn't necessarily see Sherry pulling the plug. And I have to think that it, was, it may have been about wanting to control the narrative. You know, the, the Redstones family historically are very good at that. They're all, always kind of full of surprises, uh, with their deal making. And maybe Sherry sensed that things weren't going the way she wanted. And so rather than let Les come out and say, I don't want to do this, she just decided to pull it back and make it seem as if she has been in control all along. All right, so now what is next for Viacom and CBS? Do both companies now need to do other deals? Short term for CBS, they just keep doing what they're doing. You know, Les has been doing a great job running the company. CBS is still the most watched network in the U.S. It has been for most of the past 10, 15 years. Uh, and, and Showtime, their premium cable network, is doing pretty well. I think long term, there is a deal to be made with that company. It's a very There, there are not a lot of assets there. They've spun off. You know their their radio division and their out their outdoor advertising division. It's mostly two TV networks, uh, with which now have online equivalents, and that could be an appealing asset to any number meaning, of companies. Meaning Showtime and the broadcast network. Yeah, they have the broadcast network and they have Showtime, and then they have All Access, which is a streaming service that's a lot, pretty much putting CBS online, and then they have a an online version of Showtime, which is also just called Showtime. There is, you know, there's this book publisher, there's a couple of other things, but those are the two main assets of that company, uh, which is a very simple proposition. Should a big tech company decide that they finally want to own a TV network? Should a telecom company decide that they want to own media? And, and maybe nothing happens, but I do believe that Les will continue to look for a possible deal long term. On the Viacom side... I'm not really sure what the best option is. You know, they've been trying to effectuate a turnaround for a couple of years now. It has not worked. Bob Backish, who's the new CEO, will now get his chance at doing that. Whether he's going to come up with a strategy that, that has eluded other people is anyone's guess. Viacom's in a tough spot because it's a company built on TV networks that appeal to young young people. Cable TV was the new technology in the 80s, and so MTV and Comedy Central and Nickelodeon then dominated for the next and captured kind of the imagination of people like me growing up. That is not true for people who are now teenagers. They are watching YouTube, they are watching Netflix, they are using Snapchat, and I don't know that any media company is going to figure out how to put that genie back in the bottle. So explain to me why Bob Backish was given the job to turn around Viacom. He's been with Viacom since the 90s. 
why is this the right guy? Shouldn't he have already turned around Viacom? He has spent the past 10 years running their international media networks. Um, so he has not had much to do with what's happening in the U.S., which is the root of their real problems. Their international business has actually been growing over that time, uh, in part through acquisitions. They bought a big U.K. broadcaster called Channel 5. And then also they've taken some of the networks in the U.S. that weren't already available outside uh, of the U.S. and done so, like Spike. They created this new channel called the Paramount Channel, which has movies and TV shows. So Viacom now has six or seven TV channels that are available almost everywhere in the world. Um, I think he was just the best option they had internally. You know, Viacom was not an appealing job, especially when he got the interim job. There was They were still in the middle of this turmoil. It was totally unclear what the future of the company was going to be, if they were going to merge with CBS. And so Sherry Redstone had to look internally and decide who the best candidate was. And they, they decided it was him because the two people who'd been running Viacom for a long time, Philippe Dumont and Tom Dooley, were the people she was trying to get rid of. Um, whether she will choose to, to bring somebody else in in a couple of, in a year or however long because she wants some fresh blood, it's possible. But everybody says she's been, been quite impressed with Backish. Do we have any clue at this point about what Backish wants to do with the turnaround? Does he want to shut down a lot of these underperforming networks? He's intimated that some of those networks could go. But he's been kind of short on details so far. He said all the right things about where the problems are. The Paramount Movie Studio lost money this year. MTV and Comedy Central are the two networks that need the most help. How exactly that's going to work will become more clear over the next few weeks uh, and, and months, hopefully through our reporting. And Lucas, do you have any sense on this back on the CBS side, if Les Moonves, because you mentioned that there's, you know, he's probably going to look for some other deal to do. And you also mentioned maybe he would sell to a big, you know, tech company. Is there any sense of if he's he, he's got an up there in age? He's almost seventy years old. Is he more likely to be a seller than a buyer? I know his dream deal was Time Warner, uh, but that is, I would imagine, off the table now that AT and T has agreed to buy Time Warner. The idea that CBS could challenge AT and T for Time Warner just seems so far-fetched that I, I that, that I can't imagine that's the route he's going to go. I don't I actually don't know if he's going to be a seller or a buyer. I think you rewind two or three years and he's definitely a buyer. Um, you know, he's one of the most respected executives in media, both in Los Angeles and New York. You've, it's hard to find someone who, who doesn't think he's done a good job and he knows what he's doing. But as you note, he is getting older. And when he was asked at the, the this Vanity Fair summit in October why he wouldn't do a deal with Viacom. He said something that I thought was sort of glib at the time, but may have been sort of revealing, which is that he's too old and he's too rich and he just doesn't need that kind of headache. And I think that the more he evaluated what the work that it would take to turn around Viacom, he may have decided it just wasn't worth it. Things at CBS are running really smoothly and he's only going to do a deal if it's the right deal that, you know, only further cements his legacy as one of the more successful media executives of his generation. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, sort of the why of the breakdown to me, because on the one hand, I actually think you're right. That probably was his answer. And to some degree, he may have been doing CBS shareholders a service by not doing the deal. If Viacom was so confident in its plans that it was going to operate well as a standalone entity, 
from my sourcing around the situation, Viacom more or less intimated to CBS that CBS was going to have to pay a pretty hefty premium in order to get the deal done. And that may have been one of the reasons why this thing just didn't get done. Even if the controlling shareholder wanted to put the two companies together, she couldn't convince CBS to pay that hefty of a premium when the CEO of the company probably didn't want to do the deal anyway. Yeah, what I don't the one thing I'm curious about and people on both sides are saying all is all is well is whether this causes any strain on the relationship between Les Moonves and Sherry Redstone because throughout Sherry's fight with Philippe Dumont, Les was always he kind of stayed quiet, stayed in the shadows. Everybody always said that their relationship was very good, that they had no problems and their relationship I'm sure was good because Les was doing a good job for CBS shareholders of which Sherry is a large one. But does his his refusal to go along with her wishes here hurt their relationship at all? I don't know. Or is the reason that she's backing down on this be to, to salvage the relationship? Could be. Could yeah. be. Lucas Shaw, Bloomberg Entertainment reporter, uh, on two media deals. One that happened, or at least is happening, and one that is not. Thanks, Lucas. That's it for this week's episode. Remember, you can get all of our episodes on iTunes or Bloomberg.com or the Bloomberg Terminal or on SoundCloud or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. And please rate and review the show if you have a minute. Also, if you have any guest or topic ideas for the new year, email me, asherman6 at Bloomberg.net. You can also follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. Lucas Shaw can be found at Lucas underscore Shaw. See you next week. Brought to you by Bank of America Merrill Lynch. Seeing what others have seen, but uncovering what others may not. Global research that helps you harness disruption. Voted top global research firm five years running. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith, Incorporated. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.